Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss election security on Georgia's back server. Next up, fear of the unphone. Jeff Bezos hacked creating a mobile crisis. And finally, our seventh round of Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 35, recorded on January 27th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, the Energizer Punny LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor Maid, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Chad, my APT name is Fancy Beer. You changed that up on me. You had Fancy Chair, now it's Fancy Beer. You're having a lot of fun with this, Chad. It was Cozy it. Chair. <laughs> Sorry, cozy chair. Cozy chair. Now sorry, it's fancy beer. Sorry, excuse it's, me. It's changed. Excuse me. <laughs> Even better than the font joke, Chad. Well, well done. All right, so let's have some fun. So we're gonna start here and just get right into it. Our first article of the day is election security on Georgia's back server. So a computer security expert says he found that a forensic image of the election server central to a legal battle over the integrity of Georgia elections showed signs that the original server was hacked. Rutrow. Okay, so Chad, our um, in-house elections, just general concern expert. Let's kick this off. Uh, you mentioned briefly last week that there was some news regarding Cozy Bear. Um, or cozy chair, as you would call it, uh, their status. So let's keep the good times rolling. Uh, what exactly do we know about Georgia's election server, and what exactly was exposed? Yeah, so uh, the expert, Logan Lamb, he's an election security researcher, um, is saying that the server was vulnerable to shell shock, which is a little bit of an older vulnerability, but makes sense with the timeline of things. Um, it allowed the attacker to uh, execute arbitrary command. Shellshock was a really easy to exploit vulnerability. Um, but the forensic images make it look like the server was breached prior to 2016 and 2018 elections. Um, since it was unpatched for Shellshock, that means full control of the election data by whoever hacked it. Um, the, there are actual logs of a Shellshock user being created after the vulnerability is exploited. Then that uh, user, it looks like, patched the server and removed the account along with a record of any um, of the commands that they typed. Uh, this could have been like a good Samaritan hacker, but um, who else found it before then? And that's where some of the um, Cozy Bear things come in. You know, I mentioned last week that there's been some rumors on security Twitter that Co since Cozy Bear has gone quiet, that maybe they were behind some um, election tampering and and some of the recent like ransomware attacks on uh, known blue counties have been uh, a smokescreen for something more nefarious. And there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theory of that going around since Cozy Bear's kind of kind of a little bit quieter. Um, but yeah, that's that. I like this idea of security Twitter. I would like to subscribe just to security Twitter. It's a horrible place. I try to only turn it on like once or twice a week. It's an absolute barn fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a barn fire. Yeah. All the animals are just running out. Uh, it's terrible screaming. They're it's just really... making hay of everything? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Some barn humor for you. Yep. And it just reeks like animal. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> it sounds and I love like it. Um, Oh, sorry. go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's, that's I can't that. stop you from making some sass 
remark, Chad? Well, you know, I, I like to think um, that I'm a better person uh, some days, you know, than other days. Some days I go on there and I, I'm like, oh, I want to be so involved. And other days I just want to run from it all and go live in the woods, you know. Is that the way you speak inside your head with that voice? Yeah. Yeah, much deeper, though. <laughs> yeah, much deeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> So as I mentioned in the summary, it sounds like there's some legal action surrounding the hack. So what evidence has been uncovered? Yeah, so this all started when it looks like, um, from what I understand, Lamb found this server vulnerable to the Drupal-Geddon vulnerability, which was a big Drupal flaw from um, uh, like a couple years ago. Um, But after publishing that report, election integrity activists sued the state of Georgia uh, to get a mirror image of the voting machine that was at Kennewick University, uh, which is where the exploitation of this other shell shell shock flaw was discovered. Um, They also discovered in that mirror image that they were running outdated versions of the voting software that contained vulnerabilities and that the Drupal logs had disappeared from 2016 and on, is what I understand. So that's all pretty suspicious. Suspicious indeed. Yeah. So alongside this alleged tampering, uh, there's been some news this week that hits a little close to home that in King County, which is where Domain Tools is located, uh, it's set to become the first place in which every voter can cast a ballot using a smartphone. So before we jump into that discussion, I want to highlight that this is to some extent clickbait. And so it's not going to be implemented on the national election or for the national election. So I just want to make that clear because when I initially heard this on NPR, I think I lost a part of an organ on the bus. So if you ride one of the rapid ride lines that might have been a disturbing moment for you. Um, so, anywho, I think this is an interesting discussion to couple with this conversation around Georgia. So, what is your level of concern regarding this new app-based voting? It's painful even to say that out loud. And why does this new app even exist? Uh, why do so many apps even exist? Um, that's about like the majority of the Apple and Google Play Store. It's TikTok, like, Chad. Yeah, TikTok. Uh, yeah, uh, every, everyone's into it. Um, so this this vote that that's going to be on is for some like municipal water election or something that's completely non consequential. Um, I think we're voting if we're going to have water or not, something like that. Um, so it's uh, definitely yeah. it's Seattle, so we're ha- we're going to have water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the reason why this has received so much news coverage is just because it's such a terrible, terrible idea. Um, I if I if I could, I would insert more expletives in between the terrible and idea there uh, just to give it some emphasis. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, Every security expert that isn't getting paid to say otherwise will tell you that electric voting by app is one of the dumbest things that you could do. Um, (laughs) But that that being said, um, I think it's a great idea and that they should do it for the national elections because then... I could just manipulate this whole thing. It'll all be fixed. It'll all be fixed. <laughs> wouldn't a bunch of people be doing that, though? Yeah. So wouldn't it sort of be like a competition? Like the it's... next CTF is the national election? So I was really good at eBay sniping for things back mm. in the day, and it would be the exact same. i just wait till the last minute, you know, a couple mm. milliseconds before, and <laughs> boom, I'm president. What if somebody then would hack, like, the world clock, waiting for someone like you? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, just change UTC time. Yeah, mm-hmm. watch uh, out. Yeah, <laughs> some interesting ideas here at Breaking Yeah, Madness. all bad ones. <laughs> Excellent. It goes really well with the conversation around app-based voting. 
All right. So speaking of the national election year, um, what actions, in your opinion, should organizations and our government be taking to maintain to the best of our ability the integrity of our democracy? No small thing. Um, so no pressure, Chad, but I just want you personally to solve this huge foundational problem. Yeah, well, I, I solved it before just now. <laughs> um, but no, I think if we're if we're looking at this, uh, we need to be maintaining voter registration systems. Um, and, and really, if I were to look to undermine the elections myself, kind of if I were to do a, a little bit of thought exercise. You heard um, it first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, please don't show up in my Chad house. Chad Anderson. Um, <laughs> you know he's in King County now. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I would look at attacking the registration systems because that kind of undermines everything beginning. Or I would look at the companies that are making these voting systems and I would go – uh, probably with one of their vendors pivot into their network as per usual that people do now um, and then do a supply chain attack and, and look to, you know, be upstream in a part of the software process before that stuff even gets pushed out. Like everyone needs a critical update before Election Day and then, you know, that's that's all that it takes. Because I think there's going to be more and more people um, like these election integrity boards looking at the election machines themselves um, or themselves. And there's more and more uh, even people just looking at the the machines and the software. We have the whole election hacking village at DEF CON now. And, and fun things are happening there every year and, and some improvements hopefully being made. Um, but so it's, it's just going to be how can attackers get more creative. And those are the areas that I think people should be looking at because they'll be less peered into. I have a prediction, which is by 2028, we'll be voting by our face. Mm based on some other news that came out this week regarding, you know, some app scraping social media and grabbing images of oh, people. Oh, yeah. Clearview AI. Clearview yeah. AI. Yeah. We'll just vote by face. Vote by face. Yeah. <laughs> Raise your right eyebrow uh, for the <laughs> I and uh, left yeah, eyebrow for nay. But I can only do one eyebrow, so That's I what just they get always you. vote the same every time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Chad, for digging in there for basically two articles um, around both Georgia and the server there, as well as what's happening here in King County. So now we're going to move into the hoodie rating, and I'm going to ask Taylor for his opinion. Again, the hoodie rating is a scale of zero to 10 hoodies in any creative way you want to approach that. 10 hoodies (laughs) means Chad is in control of our voting systems. Mm -hmm. You should be very concerned. (laughs) Mm. And zero is uh, not... I can't think of an example of not being paranoid or terrified. So zero being not scared. So Taylor, what do you think? What are your thoughts here? Uh, I have a few thoughts. So, you know, first off, this is just in the state of Georgia. Um, so you'd have to crack enough uh, election servers in enough states to get to, uh, was it 200? And... I know that there's an entire uh, news website around the number of electoral votes, uh, but you have to get a lot of electoral votes to win, right? So, um, you know, obviously that'd be a lot more complex than just going in and hacking Georgia and then becoming the president, right? Um, no. Now, you could become the governor of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible prospect. Uh, or, you know, maybe maybe you start out <laughs> as the person who runs the elections for Georgia and you just try and kick a lot of folks off the voter rolls that you might think would vote against you. Um, and then you run for the governor of Georgia. Oh, wait, that actually happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> How about them peaches? <laughs> so, so saying like, hey, I'm worried about the integrity of the Georgia elect- election system in 2016, 2018, you'd have to be, you know, you should probably be concerned about the integrity of the voter rolls, which you mentioned um, you know, th- those that's more of a political and a bureaucratic process to help maintain that. Um, you know, 
first off, in-person voter fraud in the United States is extremely rare. Uh, you know, there's a felony attached to it, so you tend not to want to stick your neck out just to vote because what is one vote going to happen? I, I'd also say that you know. Please don't do PSAs around the election. I know. What does one vote really mean? <laughs> From a yeah. hacking standpoint. Also, not, not standing in line for that long, <laughs> terrible, multiple well, times. And, and you know, going back on King County, we mail all of our, our votes in, right? So it's we, true. Um, the, the, thing, the whole thing about, hey, we're voting by phone for some water commission in King County is that the water commission boards are a separate election. They're actually uh, too broke on the water commission to make it into the the mail-in election. So they're, they're trying to come up with a creative way to get votes in for something that nobody really wants to vote about or for anyways. So, Are you um, saying they can't afford paper? Uh, in some, yeah. Well, it's not just the paper, right? It's also just the postage and getting mm. the election board to send out the mailings. And yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, obviously paper, paper voting would be ideal for having a physical record of your vote. But having been a Florida resident in 2000, I can tell you that not even paper voting can save you from folks <laughs> that might just decide Speaking to vote. Speaking of Chad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never hear That's either. a little old school for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to talk about hanging chads, but um, sorry, Chad, that was <laughs> that's overdone. I apologize. It's you know, it's up there with the uh, Mr. Anderson jokes from Matrix. It just keeps uh, going. The 2000 was a also great from year. yeah, 99 2000. Yeah, it was, was a good year, year for Chad. For, it was Chad hacking the year of Chad. <laughs> Watch out, the year of the rat. We've got Chad. Um, you know, I think we should be pushing <laughs> to secure the voter voter registration databases to make sure those are up to date. Um, you know. We should be allowing same-day voter registration and extending the period that we allow folks to vote for. We should make it easier for people to vote um, rather than making it harder. But I'll get off my soapbox around that. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously some type of paper trail I think is ideal in these scenarios. If I've been to the DEFCON, the election hacking village. I've wandered through to see people poking around the innards of the various machines. Uh, the innards. <laughs> um, and, and it's fascinating, right? So we're trying to solve, um, you know, a problem that's been solved for thousands of years. Uh, but... You know, that's, I guess. <laughs> here we I? are. Here we are. <laughs> Wait, so Taylor, I've yeah. got to hold you to an actual number here. Yeah, sure. What What are you going to rate this at? What's your um, hoodie score? I mean, it's interesting. It, in isolation, this is an interesting data point, especially considering the, the, the things that happened around the election in Georgia in 2018 and potentially in 2016 where, you know, folks were getting booted off the voter rolls. I think that is probably that would if I were to if I were worrying about the integrity of Georgia elections, which I'm not really because I live in Washington state. Um, if I, I would probably be more concerned with with people getting kicked off the voter rolls improperly. Um, let's let's call it a half a hoodie right now. You know, if there were other Which like, half? Um, just like the left sleeve, left sleeve, and then the zipper on the left hand side. So not even the not even the side that. So you're not even doing zips. like a crop hoodie. No, not a crop. Mm, Wait, is it a, a hoodie, hoodie without a hood? Oh, Whoa, that's an existential question. Did you just describe a vest? <laughs> I believe I just described a half a, a half a sleeve of a vest. Yeah, uh, my hoodie rating would be pretty low, just because um, you know, if to me the larger question is around access to vote, who can vote, and getting, you know, getting folks able to have their opinions heard in, in democracy, not, you know, I think if there were some t some type of larger ramification from someone's access to this server, that it's 
you know, 2020 now. If this started in 2016. Did you just look at your watch? I did look at my watch. <laughs> I'm going to uh, call that out. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see it. Why? You got to tell them. Uh, Someone has to bust your chaps. That, that, that would have been outed by now, that it would have been a lot more, int- that we'd see something interesting on this research. But, you know, a lot of the times this type of stuff is just hanging out on a server somewhere and is publicly addressable and available. So, um, you know, certainly a, a warning shot for all the folks who administer elections in the other 49 states and in Georgia. You know, what are you guys doing? <laughs> all right, Chad, what do you think? You know, I would go a little bit higher. I think like probably five out of 10 hoodies with each of those hoodies having like four or five hoods on them. <laughs> Well, you can put each different hood on and go vote an additional time. Um, but uh, my my big concern is the longer picture, I think, of it uh, undermining the belief in the integrity of the system. And that if you get, you know, two or three states where people are really feeling that. And if you read some of the comments on the Georgia article, people who live in Georgia are like, oh, yeah, wow. we already knew our elections were terrible. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, you didn't have to tell us. I'm like, wow, so what kind of voter turnout is going to come when, um, you know, no one believes that it matters anyways because it's all going to be manipulated? And then what comes from there? So that's kind of my worry about it. But as far as a single instance, um, you know, not too bad, but it's it's all about that long propaganda game. When you're reading the comments, do you just have vitamin D ready to pop? Just some happy pills? The comments are a scary place on the internet. Oh, yeah. Amongst many other things. Um, yeah, you know, I spend enough time on security Twitter that I can survive comments. <laughs> on the Develops a thick skin. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, thank you both for your thoughts on this topic. And let's head into our next conversation, which is the fear of the unphone. Jeff Bezos hacked creating a mobile crisis. So uh, the Amazon billionaire, if you haven't heard of him, um, most people haven't, uh, (laughs) Jeff Bezos had his mobile phone hacked, quote unquote, in 2018 after receiving a WhatsApp message that had apparently been sent from the personal account of the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Has anybody seen on, this is the, the positive part of security Twitter, there's a gentleman purporting to have someone social engineering him on Twitter. So a particular person was flirting with him and asking for his mother's maiden name, other <laughs> PII. <laughs> anyway, that's just what comes to mind when I hear this about this. That's thing. like right out of sneakers. Say passport. <laughs> I, I just What's that thing that gets you across borders? <laughs> <laughs> so, Taylor, this is a pretty big deal. And if this is, in fact, true... Um, that's incredibly concerning. But what are some of the theories around the richest man in the world's phone being hacked? Yeah, uh, I'm going to consult my written notes here. <laughs> You're not going to um, look so at your WhatsApp a, messages? No. <laughs> so th- there's a timeline here, right? Um, so, um, you know, Bezos, uh, I think we all saw on the news last year, uh, had some of his dirty laundry aired. Uh, I think by the, it was the National Enquirer was publishing uh, some reports on his, uh, you know, kind of extramarital uh, <laughs> uh, affair, an affair that he was having uh, and doxed him. And so that has since led to him you know, becoming 
getting divorced from from his wife Mackenzie, which has made her one of the richest people in the world, uh, now independent from him. Um, you know, there's been a lot of kind of downstream effects, and so for from the moment that that kind of uh, that bombshell hit, there have been, I believe, that very early on they said, "Hey, we he retained a security firm, and they they intimated that he had his device hacked." And so this news is now the uh, kind of more detailed report on that hack. Although I would I will say that looking into it a little bit more, you know, there's not a whole lot there there from from what I read in, in their report. Um, so what they're saying is that he was introduced to um, the, the leader of Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, MBS. He just he calls him MBS in the WhatsApp message, which is kind of funny. Uh, Jeff Bezos to him, which is interesting. Uh, That's right, TWP. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he was introduced, and then they they were uh, communicating over WhatsApp, and that he was receiving just kind of unsolicited messages from the Crown Prince, uh, kind of like you up, uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that like uh, one of the messages was a video file, uh, just sent completely unsolicited, and the the contents of the video file was just like a little short video saying like, hey, um, you know, Saudi Arabia has like the the highest rate of internet speed and then like the lowest costs. I think it was kind of a rah-rah video. Um, Even Jeff Bezos gets spam WhatsApp messages. I know, right? Uh, and that the, so the, the, the firm that he retained took his iPhone um, and, you know, there was some other kind of mysterious, mysterious circumstances around information uh, around his affair becoming public. Uh, and so that led him to believe that his phone was hacked in like April of 2018 is, is the time that it is when he meets uh, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, exchanges numbers, starts communicating via WhatsApp. In May of 2018 is when he gets this video. Um, supposedly, now this is what the research firm, the, the forensic firm that they hired to dig through the iPhone, um, what they did was they they took the phone from uh, Jeff Bezos, which that's got to be kind of surreal, <laughs> yeah. to like a, a secure location. And they, they in their report, they outline, hey, we bought these Cellbrite machines. We bought these laptops. Here's the software that we're using. And what they're observing is kind of the network traffic for, to and from the phone. So they were looking at that information uh, and they were looking and they said, hey, here's what was happening on his phone, here are the logs uh, on data egress on his phone prior to getting this WhatsApp message, and then here's the spikes that started happening after the WhatsApp message, indicating that data was being exfilled from the phone um, via some type of malware that was uh, installed via the, the video. Uh, and so some things that we know is that, the, that WhatsApp did, um, the WhatsApp folks put out a CV report on someone uh, being able to... Um, break out using a video on a device unbeknownst to a user. Um, so that is out in the wild. We know that that was a thing that was that, that was able to happen. Uh, you know, but what we don't know, and what even the report that the, that Bezos commissioned, that he and his security team commissioned, will tell you that none of the the files or file signatures that they pulled off the device or the network traffic that they pulled off the device, it didn't communicate with any known command and control servers. It didn't have any known malware hashes. But of course, you're probably not going to go off the shelf if you're going to day the richest man in the world so, only the best <laughs> well, I mean, you know if so if that if that's what they're calling it you know there wasn't there was no smoking gun in the data that, that they pulled and so you know kind of digging into it a little bit deeper that what they have are a series of messages one the video that they say compromised the phone itself and then two other messages that happened at later points um, kind of after the story prior to the story leaking they they said hey here's here's a fun little 
very like uh, old school meme of like, hey, women are like user service agreements. You can argue with them all you want, but you're just going to click agree at the end of the day. That is a message that the crown prince of Saudi Arabia sent to Jeff Bezos. He said that uh, that the picture uh, in the the meme that was sent to him, this is in the report, by the way, that the, <laughs> that the picture resembles the woman that he was having the affair with. And that's why he felt like one of the reasons that they were saying, hey, we think this phone was hacked. Um, another one, <laughs> if, if that's not uh, authoritative enough, <laughs> um, Another message came to him uh, directly from the crown prince saying, hey, you know, I know there's a, you're hearing a lot of stuff about uh, about us and and you and Amazon, but I want you to know that, you know, we're supportive of Amazon. Uh, and he said that that was linked to him being on a phone call, finding out some details around uh, the hack itself or that, that he was a target from them. So there was kind of loosely connecting these data points with things that were going on in Jeff Bezos's personal life. And in his professional life, uh, at the time of the messages getting received, and saying, "Okay, well, this kind of gives us a strong feeling that they, that they had access to the device, that they had kind of, that they were listening in on phone calls and, and his messages with folks uh, via malware on the device." But they didn't pull them out. You know, they don't have the malware. They don't have a sample for us to test against, right? So it's all very. Uh, nebulous, right? So mm. um, you know the the info sec Twitter sphere, uh, and there's some very intelligent folks out there, right? So uh, folks were looking at this and saying, okay, well if you have this data, you need to be able to root the device and then look at the the file system on the device itself if you want to pull the, if there is malware there. And so you know to their credit, the forensic firm at the end of their report said, hey, next steps, we're going to root the firmware on the device. Um, you know why they didn't. Already, I don't know why Jeff Bezos used the same phone for a straight year and commingled personal and business stuff. I don't know. Like that's. <laughs> uh, Whoops. Yeah, phones right. Phones are expensive, you know. Yeah, phones are. It was an iPhone <laughs> X, so it was the latest and greatest at the time. Um, but you know, did they achieve persistence in this? Right, because um, that's something that's always been known to be tricky in iOS exploits. Um, you know, I think like last year we saw uh, that there were some exploits happening in the Safari browser. Uh, targeting dissidents in China, but that the malware that was dropped was not persistent, so it did not survive a reboot. So hmm. supposedly this malware was persistent. If it's in the file system, it's you know at that level, then it's a, a reboot would not make it go away. Um, so you know there there are a lot of there are kind of more questions than answers from a from a like a hard data side. Uh, you know, hey, you would like to see the malware. We'd like to see at least the um, kind of that initial loader phase from the video itself, which these guys, you know, the the uh, forensic team did not give that data out. Um, so you know, there kind of remains more to be seen there. An update on this story that happened like just today uh, or yesterday maybe in court. Um, so there, this is proceeding al along a number of like uh, it's happening in the public discourse like, hey, here's the report on the hack. And then also at the same time, uh, they are suing the National Enquirer as to the provenance of the data. And so in court, the National Enquirer has stated that, uh, and again, this is under the penalty of perjury, so that they pulled, that they got the text messages and the kind of 
uh, incriminating evidence about the affair from the brother of the woman that he was having the affair with, that she showed the text messages to her brother and that he went around and sold them to the National Enquirer. So, you know, there's Sounds a lot. Sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a timeline there that you have to kind of look at. You know, is it possible? Is it, you know, beyond the, the realm of consideration that someone would try to get an exploit onto Jeff Bezos' phone? No. I mean, I, I'd assume that he'd be a target for just about anybody. Um you know, would that malware be delivered directly via WhatsApp messages from the leader of a country? If you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, I'd probably laugh. Uh, in 2020, you know, maybe that seems a little more believable now. Um, yeah, uh, that's it's it's interesting in what they've disclosed so far, and then what we are not able to get from what they've disclosed so far. Uh, you know, which is we'd like to see a little more. Like, hey, here's. Here's the here's the different phases of this exploit, um, because not because, hey, you know, this zero day is going to get used against Jeff Bezos. Um, you, know, you or I probably don't have to worry about that too much. But generally, this think, kind of, <laughs> generally, this stuff tends to get commoditized, right, if it's scalable. And so, you know, what an APT group is using today then becomes kind of, um, you know, skiddy use. Uh, like six months to a year from now or depending on, you know, how long that stuff lasts out in the wild. So, hmm. um, you know, th- that's why I think it'd be in the interest of us, in everyone's interest to get more data around this. It'd be nice if, you know, Facebook and Apple, uh, you know, would, would play nicely and, and disclose more information around this kind of thing. Um, but we're kind of kind of left waiting for the forensic folks to dive in deeper um, to, to give us the real smoking gun behind this. What they have is a lot of circumstantial evidence um, that, that kind of lines up nicely. You know, obviously, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, which employed uh, a reporter that was um, kind of lured uh, aside, lured to an embassy and killed, um, you know, by by the folks that are that run this that run the country. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of complicating factors there that that certainly make him a target for these, uh, for this type of thing. Um, and certainly, anybody would would want access to Jeff Bezos's phone, right? It, it'd be like, hey, would you want Napoleon's personal diary? Would you want, you know, like super powerful people in the world? Would you want access to their personal data? Of course, anybody would, um, if because they, they could potentially use that to leverage that for personal gain um, or, you know, on behalf of an organization. So Hmm. (laughs) what I feel like I've learned is none of these people we've discussed, I would be comfortable sharing my Netflix account with. (laughs) None of them would have earned that. Hmm. A lot of mistrust. Hulu they can have, though. That's mostly trash. (laughs) Just for live sports, I think. Definitely not Amazon Prime account, though. Yeah. (laughs) So let's let's hop into the hoodie ratings. Taylor, thank you. That was a lot of fantastic information. And Chad, what what would you rate this at in terms of hoodies? Uh, the hoodie ratings about like level of concern. Yeah. Right? What... So I would I would definitely go, uh, you know, ten out of ten because my level of concern is up there with like watching Jerry Springer, and I just want to see this all <laughs> explode and unfold. And it's like a it's like a daytime talk show. Um, Poor JB. Yeah. Uh, realistically, we none of us are really going to be the level of direct, sophisticated targeting like this, but I do love seeing this in the news. <laughs> <laughs> well, from a threat modeling standpoint, I mean, if, if this is just a great example of if you have high value targets affiliated with your organization, 
10 out of 10. You should be very concerned. Yeah. But as an everyday citizen, as Taylor so pointedly mentioned earlier, we three probably are not on those hottest lists. I don't know, but I think the Crown Prince might listen to our podcast. <laughs> I have that yeah. feeling. Anywho, Taylor, what do you think? Ah, uh, you know, the idea that someone could send you a WhatsApp video message unsolicited and then basically root your, like, up-to-date patched iPhone, it's mildly terrifying, right? Like, that's... <laughs> Did you get that video I sent you last week? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't open it at all. Um, so, yeah, that that in and of itself, that, you know, if that were just the facts of the case, right? If that, from if we could say, okay, this is what, uh, conclusively what happened here, that'd be pretty concerning. Um, just because those types of uh, exploits, they tend to pop back up again. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're exploiting weird edge cases and they, there's always more edges to be found uh, when you look at that kind of thing. So, you know, that would be pretty concerning. The uncertainty around this, the fact that we don't have the real hard forensic data to be able to conclusively say, here's what happened, that, you know, we're kind of relying on, well, he got this meme from a guy at an inconvenient time and that kind of, and it, this this person looks like the person he's having an affair with. That that's, you know, that's tough to really say like, okay, I have a very high level of confidence that there was malware on Jeff Bezos' iPhone. Um, you know, hoodie rating for me, I don't, it's it's also pretty low. Uh, let's give it a three and a half. Give it three, three and a half hoodies. Um, again, the, we we know that there are, there are groups that, that are working to kind of build this, build a repository of exploits for Android, for iOS, uh, for the different messaging platforms um, and, and other uh, you know, apps that are on those um that are on those devices that they would love to be able to do this. So, you know, it's not out of the, it's not completely out of the question. You know, we've seen similar level scale of exploits on iOS uh, just over the last year. But, you know, for the most part, not not persistent and not to this level. Not not saying it couldn't happen. You know, you definitely save your best for Jeff. Uh, for Jeff B. <laughs> for JB. Save for your JB. best for JB. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, to, to, as far as like, hey, am I worried about this ending up on, on my device? Probably not so much. Although Challenge accepted. <laughs> Do you have WhatsApp? Asking for a friend. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both for going into a lot of depth on both articles. But enough seriousness Enough serious talk. Let's jump into our two truths and a lie game. So, quick reminder: we'll have uh, one host will come up with one lie article title, and then two true article titles, and try to stump the other two hosts. If one of the other hosts is stumped, the dolos or the teller of lies and truths receives a point, and if we guess properly, these other hosts we get a point. Them are the rules. Let's begin. Taylor is in the hot seat Woo. trying to stump Chad and myself. <laughs> Taylor, begin. Okay, so you just want me to read the headlines for yes. the... Yes, in whatever order you prefer. Okay. Um... <clears throat> Actually, start with the lie and then do the two truths. You got it. Okay, I'm going to start with the lie and I'll tell the two truths. Perfect. And then you guys will tell me which one to lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, fir- the first one here... Um... DDoS mitigation firm founder admits to DDoS. So that that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Kentucky legislation would force counties to pay ransomware attackers if the costs are below $1,000. Uh, Ooh. No. New York could ban cities from paying ransomware attackers. Ooh, see what he did there? Triple this feels like, blue. do you remember taking multiple choice tests? There was like this whole strategy around if you have two contradictory items, one of them was always the correct answer. Mm. That doesn't really apply here. But Scantron trauma is re-entering my brain. Yeah. The most entertaining thing about Scantrons that I remember is flipping them sideways and imagining a roller coaster afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. You sound like the smart kid that had a lot of time after his test to <laughs> investigate these types of things. I just filled in B all the way down. I knew that usually led to about a passing grade. Let's so <laughs> you know, hack the test. Hmm. Chad, would you like to guess first or second? Um... I'm going to guess first, and I'm right. going to say, hmm, I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky as the lie. I'm going to assume that Taylor's playing mind games with me, and the first one is actually the lie regarding uh. the meta DDoS. The Russian dolls of DDoS. <laughs> the Matroshka DDoS? The, the DDoS is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. Can I get a um, drum roll? JJ! Chad was right. He got me. The oh, yes. point for to pay Chad. Ransomware attackers I knew. Below $1,000, that is not true. No one in Kentucky, like no one in Georgia, is actually thinking about doing anything related to cyber in the legislature. <laughs> Potentially, you, yeah, probably there. Uh, if they are, I'm sorry. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, all right, so point for Tay-Tay, point for Chad, zero points for Kelsey. But I control the scoreboard, so Ooh. perhaps I should uh, inject. Uh, just kidding. I the integrity the of our... This year. You, you do. Yeah. Well, I think Tay-Tay is celebing for Tarek. So Tarek and I are now tied. Mm. In fact, maybe we'll think about this. Maybe Tay-Tay will get his own board. We should. Get a board. Board. We yeah. should. We should. Well, thank you both for your tomfoolery, your Chad and Taylor foolery. Um, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate all of your input. And with that, we look forward to seeing you both next week on the fresh new episode of Breaking Badness. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>